You can do it. You can do it. Well, we're going to get things going right now. We're going to open up with prayer, and then we're going to have the shofar blast. Amen. So if you could kindly stand to your feet in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now, Father, for this opportunity to come and celebrate your son today. For the second day of Hanukkah, Father, we just, we come in with our minds open and ready to receive, Father God, what you would have us to hear tonight, Father. We don't come in with all our own preconceived notions and our own thoughts, Father God, but we rid ourselves of our own opinion today, Father God, so that we can truly hear what you want us to hear. So, Father, we position ourselves, Father God, to receive your anointed word today, Father, that it would drastically change our lives, Father. We thank you, and we don't take for granted the blood that was spilt on our behalf today, Father. We thank you right now that you've even allowed us to come together without being under persecution, Father. We thank you, uh, Father God, just that we are in our right minds tonight, Father, that we truly do have the joy of the Lord, Father. We do have your peace, Father God. There is nothing missing and nothing lacking, Father. So we just give you the honor and praise, Father God, because it is all about you, Father God. It is all about you. So, Father, we give it all to you tonight, Father. We saturate this atmosphere with love, Father God. We saturate this atmosphere with joy because it truly is a celebration, Father. So we thank you right now that you rid us of all forms of depression, all the forms of heaviness, all forms of oppression, Father God, fear and anxiety, anything that has weighed us down today, Father God, that we would come in here, Father, and truly lay it before your feet, Father, so that we can give you the proper reverence and see you how we ought to see you, Father, and give you the praise that we ought to give you, Father. So we thank you that tonight, Father, you are simply pleased with our service, Father God. You are pleased with the word today, Father God. You are pleased with your servants. You are pleased with the blowing of the shofar, Father. You're pleased with the prayers. You're pleased with the worship, and you're pleased with the praise. So, Father, we give it all to you tonight, and we thank you, and we honor you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, my God. Y'all may be seated in heavenly place. Yes, y'all want to stand for the shofar blast. That's fine. Shabbat shalom. So, men of God, come on up. I said, I said, Elder, it looks like he's been in the desert. I love it. Mike, I love it. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who have sanctified us with his commandments and commands us to hear, to hearken to Shema, the sound of the shofar. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. Y'all may be seated in heavenly places. My God. Oh, man. God is good. <laughs> 
I told you all tradition ain't bad. Man, it's beautiful. Man. What's sad is that the body of Christ, uh, a lot of people have never heard the blast of the shofar. But when Christ comes, he said, that's, what's going, that's what you're going to hear. It's the blast of the shofar. I mean, I could just see in the Christian be like, did you hear something? I don't know what that was. Back to business. It's the trump of God. You imagine that they're out in the wilderness. and This is how they used to have a call for war. And you had the tabernacle out there. The, the altar. And you would have all the tribes surrounded. He's going to show up on that hundred blast of the shofar. And imagine that. And they, they said that the presence of God came down into the temple. You know, like when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, he comes down. And don't get it mixed up. It's not the Shekinah. See, that's why you got to be able to teach a ministry. I told you, you got to know the origin of the words that you use. And should I even ascribe it to God? Yeah. Tonight's going to be more like a, a history lesson. <laughs> I, I love, I love uh, Elder. Elder is all right in my books for me, y'all. He helped me out with some things. I looked up some things and, and you should have somebody to help you. Um, with difficult things when it comes to stuff in the kingdom and some things that I looked at last night even though yes he is a Jew but he was raised as a Jew and I'm talking about Herod and Elder was talking to me back there and definitely opened up to I said some things he was an Edomite his father was an Edomite from Esau okay and Edom means what? It means red. It means red. And as you know, Esau was in his complexion red. And then not only that, but it, it is, you do a little search and it says the Adama, which is the earth. And Adam was formed out of the Adama, the earth. Makes you think, huh? It's just... A, it's just I just love it. I love it when we can talk about things and discuss things and you can learn um, from someone else as well. Thank you, Elder. We, we, we did some research. And I, got some more, I got some more stuff on it, though. <laughs> and uh, his father was definitely, uh, Herod was raised um, as a Jew. And... If you raise as a Jew, I guess you are like you. <laughs> How many of y'all are Jewish? Maybe, maybe some people don't know that. Maybe some people, I'm going to get to it, okay? I got like an hour and I'm going to be done, be out 45 minutes, maybe less. <laughs> Listen, go to the scripture. Minister, you know where it is? 
Say that again? All right. We're going to stay right there in Romans so we can get going. See, what I'm doing is shifting your mindset right now. All right. This is what I need you to do. Romans chapter 2 at verse 28. For he is not a real Jew who is only one outwardly and publicly, nor is true circumcision something external and physical. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and true circumcision is of the heart, a spiritual and not a literal matter. His praise is not from men, but from God. All right. Any questions? Because man is a what? All right. I'm walking a little bit better than I was yesterday. Amen. (laughs) It's all right. Glory to God. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. This is Hanukkah. Hanukkah means dedication. It's dedication, definitely. And, And it is something to celebrate victoriously because of the struggle and the fight that someone took upon them, uh, the Maccabees. We haven't gotten to the story yet. I'm just trying to build some foundation. We got a little couple more days to go. Can't just give it all to you at once. All right? So we just kind of build up today. Tonight It's going to be kind of a little history lesson for you, okay? Right out of the Bible. So it's just some things we need to know and explain. This is called the what? No, this is called the Shema. Let me hold it up. All right. All right. And the Hanukkah is what? Tradition. Okay. It's tradition. Okay. This right here is the menorah. This is the seven lampstand, right? This is what's in the temple. This is what's going to be in the temple, uh, in the third temple that they're going to build. This is what is a very prophetic uh, piece of gold. And this was beaten out of one piece of gold when they built this. And, I mean, it it had to be huge because this was the only light that was in the temple. And, of course, the story of the Maccabees, the light, it was only supposed to last for one day, but it lasts for eight days. Okay. Then I'm going to help you go into Ezekiel and find out you know, what these other two are, okay? So you can help out, and I want you to learn some things. Hanukkah is not Jewish. Hanukkah is not a major or minor feast, um, but it is the dedication of lights. This is a place where Jesus was in John 10, 22. It didn't say that he was celebrating. He was there to be revealed. That's why he was there, walking through the palisade. It was about him and his revealing of who he was. Not his celebration like we make it today. We make this a conglomerate of (laughs) holiday season and festivals versus what it really meant. When you see this, observation of what we're doing here. This was 
the expression of a father to preserve his faith. It was a war. And it cost many, many lives. This is a war that was spoken of in Daniel. This is a war that was spoken of in Matthew 24. And I want us to go there real quick. I'm just trying to build us some foundation, let you know what happened from Malachi. Uh, well, it was prophesied in Daniel, but from and actually Psalms as well. David had a part of it too. So we're going to go. It's from Malachi to Matthew. That's about a 400-year period that most of you have been taught that nothing was happening. God wasn't speaking. Uh, God always speaks. He never stopped. He's still saying, let there be light. Because people are getting saved. All right. Okay. He's still speaking. All right. All right. So I want to make sure we understand what Hanukkah is about. It's nothing to be afraid of. When you see things like this and you see, you know, either the star David, that's a whole nother teaching in itself. But it's not about, um, they've made it into monetary, but it's not about that. Okay? Um, I want to go to, real quick, go to Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 9, 25 to 27. Have the um, complete Jewish along with uh, the Amplified up. Amen? This is Daniel chapter 9 at verse 25. It so reads, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem until the coming of the anointed one, a prince shall be seven weeks of years and 62 weeks of years. It shall be built again with city square and moat, but in troublous times. And after the 62 weeks of years shall the anointed one be cut off or killed and shall have nothing and no one belonging to and defending him. And the people of the other prince who will come, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and even to the end there shall be war, and desolations are decreed. And he shall enter into a strong and firm covenant with the many for one week, seven years. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and offering to cease, for the remaining three and one-half years, and upon the wing or pinnacle of abominations, shall come one who makes desolate, until the full determined end is poured out on the desolator. Right. Now, we're going to cross that with Matthew 24, 15. And here, that's the Spirit speaking to Daniel, but here is actually... Jesus, Yeshua, speaking to us. Okay? See, prophecy is always two-part. Present and afar off. So now we're going to bring them together, okay? All right. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. So when you see the appalling sacrilege 
the abomination that astonishes and makes desolate, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place. Let the reader take notice and ponder and consider and heed this. All right. So this whole rededication of the temple was because the temple was desecrated. They wanted to erect a statue of Zeus in it. You're going to hear a word Hellenization, Hellenization or Hellenizing uh, God's people. You, you, you see it today. It's just when people convert <laughs> or being pressured to convert. Okay, you know, like the Muslims. If you don't join them, yeah. they kill you. Yeah. All right. So there's, no, there's nothing new under the sun. If you can see it then, you can see it now. This is what's happened. That's what I kind of want to show us today, what's going on. So he's saying, when you see this, these things come, you, you see the abomination of desolation. This is why the story of the Maccabees is so important. It is the most prophetic. It shows you the end times and the answer and how to escape. Amen. All right. Even the name Hanukkah, every place that you see it in the Bible is Hanukkah. Root word of Hanukkah is Enoch. So, and Enoch dedicated his life, and Enoch was no more. So, it's a prophetic Hanukkah. Dedicates is a prophetic awakening of what's really going to happen here. He shows you then. I told you anything you want to go back to Genesis. So, it is a taking away because he dedicated his life. And he was taken. That's what we all supposed to be. Dedicating our life so we'll be taken. And he was no more. From the word dedication. From the word Hanukkah. Amen. All right. So I want to make sure we can understand some things. Uh, when we get into the actual story, it's going to be really, really good. Um, and I'm hope to hope to bring some clarity and some understanding uh, to what we're doing here. Amen. Uh, I want to go. You know what I also found out, Elder? <laughs> it was, a, I just like having this conversation. We can do this. And he was, um, you know, Herod, of course, he was uh, the head of, or he actually started the Herodian dynasty. He was the beginning of the Herodian dynasty. And he also married a Jewish woman. Not only that, so you, but he had other wives too. So when he married her, there was a blending of the dynasties. So because you had the um, Hesbonian dynasty, this is where the Maccabees, and there were two sects. There, were a, there was a priestly, and there also was a secular uh, part of the Jewish people in here. Um, this is really good. You, know, you get to study these things and find out exactly what's going on. Um, and how that happened, and there was a merging of that, and there was three Herods as well. Um, but you got to see, but he was a practicing Jew. And, and you know, he went to, you know, uh, Rome, and they, they put him in charge of that providence, and, and he ruled over that, but it was good, though. It, it's just learning about, you know, their, uh, what we just read, what we're going to read here, and what we read in Daniel uh, is going to be, it's, it's, it's really it. And this is what he was talking about, that abomination of desolation. It hadn't happened yet. Uh, the Maccabees hadn't done what they, you know, are known for. 
right? And that's a shame that uh, most people or most believers, we don't know. You know, we, we just said nothing happened between those years. A whole lot was happening. I mean, you just have to understand certain things that were um, going on. And you had, and you have to understand, like, about civilizations. And um, you have to understand, uh, what is it, the, and I was telling you, most civilizations are, uh, Rome and Greek, they have the same gods. Jupiter and Zeus were the same, just different um, places or time. Uh, Phoenicians uh, as well, they had the same gods. They're always the same. And a lot of the gods also have a female part. See, this is why you got to be careful for Shekinah, because Shekinah is supposed to be the female part of God. See, in that world, there's always two. A female and a male God. All right. So these are the type of things that you need to know. But it's all in the Bible. So I'm going to make sure that we have an understanding of what was going on. So tonight, amen. Tonight is kind of a history lesson here. Hanukkah, in essence, was a war between Judaism and paganism. Basically, that's what it was about. Okay. Um, and then the Christians are being asked, watch this, to assimilate. So you had certain Jews that were asked to assimilate with the Greeks and worship their gods. Remember, they were polytheistic, right? Polytheistic implies there was more than one. And we are monotheistic, right? In our theology, meaning that there's one God. Hero Israel, your God is one. Amen. All right, here we go. So the book of Daniel is a prophetically, is prophetically accurate. Many Bible scholars and theologians have a hard time believing it is written in the time frame that it is. And it was written in the 6th century, okay, B.C. Uh, they say, who could have done that? Whoop, look at that. Praise God. I know I ain't that heavy. It might fall again, but we'd be all right. Amen. I think that was an amen. amen. <laughs> okay. They said, who could have did that? A prophet could do that. Daniel was a prophet. A prophet could predict <laughs> what God said. So a lot of the, you know, the natural, you know, the history channel, oh, who could have did this? See, that they're secular. All right. So, watch this out, watch this out, check this out. So, the book of Daniel, Hanukkah, is a historical, is history, uh, is identified in the book of Daniel. Hanukkah is. It is identified in the book of Daniel. So, I told you, every time you see dedication or sacrifice, the word is Hanukkah. See, if we had the right translation, we'd be saying Hanukkah all the time. And he made his Hanukkah, his dedication. Okay. We're not doing that. So I want to make sure y'all understand that so you can see differently. So I'm moving you to understand where we should be going. So the book of Daniel speaks of the ram and goat nations. Okay. Yeah, I love it when I, you can hear that. <laughs> the ram and goat nations. So horns, or, or should I say ram and goat nations, uh, which is Persia and Greece. Okay. 
Horns represent military power in the book of uh, in these books. Okay, Uh, there's a lot of symbolism that you're going to see in Daniel in the Bible uh, as well. And you need to know the interpretation. Right. Correctly. Right. Wrong interpretation. Right. Wrong perspective. Wrong interpretation. So I'm trying to move you all into your Hebraic roots of your faith. All right. So you can hear it. Uh, So you have a big you have a long horn. And a short horn in here. We're going to go to that. Don't worry. And the ram represents, when you read it, it represents Persia. And the long horn, uh, it represents the long horn. And the short horn represents me, uh, well, I said Medo-Persia, which is Greece. So y'all have heard that, Medo-Persia, Greece? Mm-hmm. All right. Two different areas of the, of the empire. Uh, the male goat is Greece. The big the big, or should I say, the big horn was Alexander the Great. How many times, how many of y'all heard of Alexander the Great? Okay, he's all in there. Alexander the Great. Uh, let's see, he ruled from 331 B.C. to 334 B.C. He ruled then. Uh, you can go to any historical book at any time frame that are, they are lined up exactly with the Bible. You can go, you can go to, watch this, you can go to any of them. You can go to the Bible. You can go to the Leningrad Codex. Mm-hmm. The Leningrad Codex is the oldest complete manuscript of the Hebrew scriptures, okay? And you, or, or, or you can go to the um, Aleppo Codex. So the Aleppo Codex is a medieval transcript of the Hebrew Bible. See that? Just this whole thing. All right? Um, and this time frame is from the 10th century A.D., then you can go, if that's not good enough, you can go to the Dead Sea Scrolls. So you can go to the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it's from 250 B.C. And they all will line up. You ever seen DNA, and they match up the DNA with another DNA, and it's the same DNA match up? So you can do the same thing with the prophecy in Daniel. They all line up. Okay? God is good. He's powerful. So they all line up. You can go to... You can go to your local Walmart and get a Bible off of there. Turn to Daniel 9.24 and it will line up just like anything else. You can go to a history book. You can get it. They will line up. It's recorded. Alexander the Great. It's, all of it's right in there. Okay? So I want to make sure we, we understand those things. Uh, let's go to Daniel chapter 8. Okay. I told you just a little history tonight. Can I just do a little history? A little history talking. We're going to get into the battle. We're going to get into the fight. Y'all going to see it. But I got to lay down a little foundation for you. That's why you got to come. Amen. Make a sacrifice. Uh-oh. Dedication. Commit. Commit to what God is saying. He said in the book of Daniel, he said, the people that do know their God. No, it's some people that don't know their God. But the people who do know their God, they shall what? Be strong and do exploits. You got to decide are you them people. I mean, just think about it. You go to work every day. Eight hours. You go to school. Six hours. Whatever. But then here when it comes to devote my time to God, the dedication to honor him. He said, this body, it's the reasonable duty. Bring your body in. Don't let nothing stop. Let everything else bow. 
to learning what God is saying. But the people that do know their God. All right. This is what we're talking about right here. And we should honor them and what happened in this battle that you can sit here in these chairs. All right. Man, here we go. I just want to make sure. Oh, no, I got something to do tomorrow. Yep. Okay. That's fine. You ready? We're going to do this quick. I don't have long. Go to, go to Daniel chapter 8. <laughs> go to Daniel chapter 8. And let's start at 7. And just read the verse by verse. Just read the verse and then I, I'm going to go each verse. All right? Start at 7. Daniel chapter 8 at verse 7. In my vision, I saw him come close to the ram, Medo-Persia. Mm -hmm. And he was moved with anger against him. And he, Alexander the Great, struck the ram and broke his two horns and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But the goat threw him to the ground and trampled on him. Mm. And there was no one who could rescue the ram from his power. Verse 8. Nope, nope. Stop right there. I'm just saying that time you're in the classroom, you didn't realize they didn't tell you that was in the Bible. When you was doing history, they didn't tell you this is Alexander the Great. This is in the Bible. This is his whole life. Right here. So in verse 7, so Greece took over the big horn, and he died, this is what it's saying, in 323 B.C., Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great and his kingdom, it was so vast. It was huge. It was 1.5 million square miles. That's how big his kingdom was. Y'all ain't hear that. 1.5 million square miles. Oh, this man had some power. Alexander the Great. Verse 8. Verse 8. And the he-goat, Alexander the Great, magnified himself exceedingly. And when he was young and strong, the great horn he was, the great horn he was suddenly broken. Here we go. And instead of him, there came up four notable horns mm -hmm. to whom the kingdom was divided. One toward each of the four winds of the heavens. Wow. Any book in history will tell you Alexander had four generals. He had four generals. And they took over his kingdom. So uh, not one person. His, it was so vast. All, he, four people had to take it over. Imagine the military expertise that this man had. Imagine the authority that he yielded. And they obeyed his command. Listen, when, they, when he died, it broke up into four regions. Egypt, Syria, Asia Minor, which is Turkey, and Greece. All right. So here we go. Verse 9. I'm just trying to help us walk through it. So we get, when we get to the Maccabees, we ain't ready yet. Ready? Come on. Verse, Verse nine. 9. Out of littleness and small beginnings, one of them came forth, Antiochus Epiphanes. Here we go. A horn whose impious presumption and pride grew exceedingly great toward the south and toward the east and toward the ornament, the precious, blessed land of Israel. So Antiochus Epiphanes here. This is in verse 9. He is the little horn. 
He ruled from 175 B.C. to 164 B.C. This is the story of the Maccabees. This is what is happening, right? He's telling you how he did. He was a vicious ruler. Man, I'm telling you right now, this is, this is going to be an awesome teaching when y'all get the whole fullness out here. I know this is a lot of information tonight. <laughs> I know it's a lot of information. I'm, not just, um, I'm trying to show you the accurate, how accurate the word of God is. Can I do that? That's what I'm trying to do, show you how accurate it is. Because you can go to any history book, secular history book, and you're going to see right here what was in the Bible. What was prophesied by his servant Daniel. Okay. So here we go. Verse, uh, let's see here. Um, I, yeah, I wanted to show you that how accurate the word of God is. And um, how it's recorded in your everyday books. Okay. So verse 10. Verse 10. And in my vision, this horn grew great, even against the host of heaven, God's true people, the mm. saints, and some of the host and some of the stars, the priests, it cast down to the ground and trampled on them. Verse 10, the army of heaven is the persecution of and murder of the Jews. Trying to help you break it down. Verse 11. Yes, this horn magnified itself, even matching itself against the prince of the host of heaven. And from him the continual burnt offering was taken away, and the place of God's sanctuary was cast down and profaned. Mm, mm, mm. The prince of the army wars was the Kohen the Kohen-Kadal. Or Onysses III, he was executed here. The high priest is also referred to uh, a prince of the covenant. Okay? He took away the morning and evening Hanukkah. Sacrifice. Dedication. When you hear those two words, this is what he did. He took this away. Okay? Just think about that even today. The religious Jews have no temple, no place to make their Hanukkah, their sacrifice. So in many ways, the Greek Hellenization spirit is still at work because they still don't have a place. Now we got, we know, we know the mystery. <laughs> we know where the temple is. We don't need a third temple because we are the temple now. All right. However, you got to make sure that you're keeping it holy. That you are not desecrating it. That you are not bringing in any idol erected up in your temple. Oh, no. You got to be careful, too. Because the Bible said the spirit of Antichrist does already work. So you're the temple. They, they need a physical temple. For the presence of God. You hold. And possess. The spirit of God. The fullness of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in us. So don't let him come in and set up his temple in you. And the abomination of desolation now is in you. Okay. Ooh, I got to know this enemy. 
listen to this. I said it still ain't work today. And I know that some of the Jews are blind for you. See, they're blind. So we, we getting in because they're blind. God loved us and them so much that he would blind them. So you could get in. It's called the time of the Gentiles. That's what we are in right now. All right. So if we were really close then, 2,000 years ago, how close are we now? How close? What week are we in? What moment are we in? We're in the last hour. Okay, but okay. Y'all don't get it. I'm going to make sure y'all get it, okay? So here we go. So the Jews... They are planning for the third temple. Right? Yes. All right? How many believers have never heard the third temple? You can just raise your hand. If you haven't heard, you haven't heard. Okay, here you have. All right. It's very vital. They are putting it together now. The, the Sanhedrin, these are the, the, the voting class. They're, they're meeting together now to establish when it's going to happen. Now, we've already been established. Now, the embassy is, been, is moved right to Israel now, right? From Tel Aviv, right? Now, it's there. So, the embassy is there. Oh, the next step. So, you got Kirshner that's working with um, Trump. And he's Jewish. So, what do you think they're doing behind the scenes? They're planning for the third temple. This is how close we are. They... they Got the, this worm. There's a certain dye that's made from these eggs, from this calif, from this worm. And it's for the crimson that, that goes on the garments of the Kohadim. And not only that, but it's on the curtains of the Holy of Holies. They, they got it. This has been going for thousands of years. Now they got it. They're going to take that dye and mix it with the red heifer, the ashes of the red heifer. And they said they have enough for every Jew. See, this is how close we are. This is what this is about. This whole thing, Hanukkah, it's like everybody wants to do all these other things. This is where you need to know what's going on. Prophetically, Hanukkah. But they commercialize and make you think it's the, it's the association of Christmas, and it's not. It's a time clock. It's letting you know how close we are. Are you ready? See, this is why Hanukkah is so important. And I don't know what a lot of people are teaching on it. It's a lot of secular stuff in here. But let's just stick to the script. This is about a, this is about a kingdom. This is about its victorious. This is how you have the word today because of their lives that was a sacrifice. Because they wouldn't be Hellenized. Because they wouldn't just celebrate Christmas. See, that's the Hellenization of the day right now that's going on. They wanted them to convert. Okay, here we go. I got to build it up right. So here we are. They're, we're in the last days. And Hanukkah is presents to the head Sanhedrin release. They released last year a declaration uh, to the 70 nations for Hanukkah. They did this last year. They did this last year. Um, and we know that there's more than 70 nations in the world, according to the U.N. roster. The number, uh, but that number 70 goes back 4,000 years. It is special, it's significance, and it represents everything else other than Israel. 
In other words, the entire world. This declaration will include, and it, this is all last year. They, they had a stone, they had a stone that was already made for the third temple. Basically, the stone altar is the is where the priests would ascend and they in full dress. Now they got they got the die now. They got it. They, they just found that one out. They got it now. It's made from a little worm egg. Ah, goodness. Who would have known? It was lost for thousands of years. But somehow it's being revealed again. Okay. And this stone altar can be assembled in a moment notice. It's nine feet square by nine feet across with five feet tall ramps. This is how they bring up that sacrifice. Well, well, Peter is going to have a fit on this one. (laughs) They're going to stop messing with Michael Vick then. All right. <laughs> but this is the time that we're living in, right? Okay. So listen to this. It's square mile, almost finished. And the Kohanim ascend, listen, from Aaron. And that's where, that's where Mattathias ascended from, from Aaron. Okay. You were rolling today in my research. It's good. So listen to this. So that Kohanim, they ascended from Aaron, the brother of Moshe, Moses. Moshe, Moses, that's it. They had been identified and they had been trained for service in the third temple. They're already training these, these, these Kohanim. They're already training them how to do what they need to do. Y'all got to understand what's going on, how close we are. But our minds are so uh, fixed on our emotions and feelings. We can't see what God is doing. I got to say here. I got to stay there. Listen to this. It's done everywhere near the Temple Mount. They, they, they got to be careful how they bring this out. Because you have Muslims there now. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause an uproar. It's, it's, so they have to be very strategic. Where... And in the temple, that's the Western Wall right now, what you see. That was Herod's temple that you see now that they all had the wall doing. But the city of David is, is, is down a little lower. I believe that's where they're going to put the temple. Okay. All right. Here we go. Y'all following me? Make this thing exciting what this is all about. This is more exciting than Christmas, ain't it? Oh, do not learn the way of the heathens. That's what it says. When you go in their land, do not pick up their practices. Do not do. Do not worship their gods. When you enter into their land. All right. Here we go. I got a side note. Watch this. This is how you got to live right. This is why we have to live right. Because the Greeks were intrigued about Israel. They were. They were intrigued about Hebrews. They, um, you, they were, they were, the Greeks were very intelligent and philosophical. And they said this. They were studying. They were looking at them. They said this. They said, wait a minute. Y'all got one God? You mean y'all got one wife? There's no adultery? There's no homosexuality? It's the Greeks. If you know anything about Greek, 
Look at their pottery. Okay. That's, that's the early form of pornography. All right. Pointer. All right, here we go. Wait a minute. He said, they, then this one, he said, he, wait a minute. There's no bestiality? That's in the book of Leviticus. What did it? What the Hebrews were doing to the Greeks. What were they doing? This is what they were noticing because remember, they're intellectuals. They're philosophical. That means they study people. Civilization. They study their culture. And they were noticing this. But what was happening? And the Hebrews didn't say one thing. What was happening to them is they were bringing conviction to them. They were being convicted. Listen, they didn't open their mouth. It was just how they lived. It was just how they lived. Okay. Isn't that something? See how important how it is for you to live right before people? Because somebody's always watching you. Always. When you don't think. Yeah. All right. All right. Remember I said the Greeks were smart. They were philosophical, right? Philosophical means relating or devoted to the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. <laughs> Y'all want to say that's a deep breath. Whew, okay. Philosophy or philosophical. It means relating or devoted to the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. Amen. Y'all got to get that on the tape. All right, here we go. So their moral compass was coming into question. Because when, you, when I start telling y'all about the Hellenization and what was really going on and how some wouldn't go for it, they would not cave in. Some of y'all, as the body of Christ, we just would not cave in to Christmas or any other holiday. We would just stand for what God said. Some of just don't cave in. And it's not that. It is the spirit is what you're dealing with. Don't cave in like Scrooge did. Don't cave in like the Grinch did. They all say, that's it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> all right. So, teacher, last before I'm getting ready to leave here. So, their moral compass was coming in their question, elder. Because of their lives, how they were living. So, if the body of Christ was fully worshiping God, we wouldn't need to tell Christians, Christ followers, about a tree. Yeah, we wouldn't have to do that. They would just be watching our walk. And Tithe's epiphanies. Took away everything Jewish. They came in and robbed the temple of its valuable treasures. That's what he's doing today. He's coming into your temple. He's robbing you of your valuable eyesight. He's robbing you. He's coming in. You are the temple now. 
The Ark of the Covenant now is in you. He's stealing the mammon from you. God's provision. He's stealing. He coming in and doing that. Everything. Aaron's rod that budded. Life. His commandments. And he's stealing them. He's letting you compromise. Homosexuality is okay. God still loves me. He's robbing you of your identity. Okay, we just almost finished. We got to go. Can't stay long. We just got to light the candles and we're going to go. He's robbed. And Tiger's opinion robbed them from everything that was Christian. I told you. He, he said, as long as you can study the Torah and academics for academic purposes, but for spiritual purposes, you can't. Man, y'all got to understand that. Oh, here we go. I got another question. Oh, he was making them eat pork too. Okay. See, y'all. See, they took it serious. The Maccabees took it serious. They die. I die before I eat that. Paul Peter said, I have never eaten anything unclean. What are you talking about? All right. <laughs> never eaten anything unclean. Okay. He showed they say that to God. I got a question. I asked it. Last year, I'm going to say it again, though, this time. So if you were arrested for being a Christian, would they have enough evidence against you to convict you? If you were arrested, you leave out, you get arrested for being a Christian, would they have enough evidence against you that you were a Christian that would convict you? I ain't talking about the T-shirt. Your bumper sticker. Cross on your neck. I ain't talking about none of that. Mm -mm. The times of the Maccabees was also a civil war. See what's going on in our government right now. This is what's happening. I'm trying to show y'all where we are. In the Maccabees, there was a civil war. The battle was within. Church is divided. Do we do Hanukkah or do we do Christmas? Do we speak in tongues or we don't speak in tongues? <laughs> do we love or we don't? Do we forgive or we don't? <sighs> the battle is within. He said the foe is in your home. It's within. The house, he said judgment comes to the house of God first. Because you're supposed to know. All right. This is another thing. Stop going the way of the world. Y'all going to church again? Absolutely. That's what they're going to say this all week. Y'all going again? Yes. But I thought you was a believer. So let me get this right. When the call to assemble, you still choose when to assemble. God know my heart. I told y'all what happened to us, all right? He thought that he was doing the right thing in his heart when the Ark of the Covenant, when the animal tripped and stumbled, and he reached down and grabbed. He thought he was doing something right. You, it would seem like it was good. God struck him down right there. We just got a lot to explain to God, Elder, when it's time to meet him, of what we chose over him. 
is nothing. This is nothing. An hour? This is nothing compared to eternity. It's nothing. But it shows you where your heart is. It shows you what you need to be dedicated or rededicated. It shows you exactly where you are. Man, nothing's going to stop me. I could possibly have a torn ligament or a tendon in my knee, and I'm still here. It's swollen like I don't know what. I'm still here, and I'm walking. Man, please. All right. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to leave it right here, and we're going to get started in a few minutes, and we're going to be out. I try to keep it an hour, but the history was just a little longer. The rest of the week won't be as long. I just had to kind of lay down a foundation for you for history rhymes. Um, one of the other things that they do, they were doing, um, that uh, Antiochus Epiphany did, he would build these gymnasiums right by the synagogue. Now, in these gymnasiums, see, this is, uh, so much went on, political. The, there, were, there was um, um, rights. When, when I say that, there were, uh, see, you got to understand, when any time that you had a God that you worship, there were sacrifices required. The, there, was, there was magic. There was these, these demonic things that are required for their God. We can get into some of them later. And these things were required, and it made it tempting to some of the people. This is where they wrestled. This is where they had sex. This is where they had all these different types of activities at the gymnasium. That still goes on today. And every time, you got to understand when they were lighting that flame in the Olympics, this is what was going on. I'll try to help y'all understand this. <sighs> anyway, I'm not going to go there all right now. They, it was him tempting them. Because when people are tempted, they talk. Did y'all see what was going on at the gymnasium? This is where deals were made. This is where ceremonies. They, they worship their God. How do you think they worship Zeus? Hmm? How do you think they worship Jupiter? How do you think they worship their God? One of the things they worship was in big with them is fertility. So if fertility is involved, sex is involved. This is how they made their offerings. Anyway, we're going to get this thing going. Tonight, I would like to have Dustin up here. Come on, Dustin. Come on there. Suit him up. <laughs> He's too tall for me. Suit him up. <laughs> he got him right there. <laughs> Help him out. Help him out, so, help him out so he don't burn nothing. Okay. It's good. All right. Okay. Come on this side. We're not going to forget. Okay. This is the, what is this? Shamash. This is the what? The servant candle. Right? This is the helper. 
So how are we going to light? We're going to light verse one here. And boom. Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead and light this one. Shema. Right ahead. John said, I got this down. <laughs> right there. Mm-hmm. Father, Son, tomorrow will be Holy Spirit. Tradition, but it's all right. Stick it in there real hard. There you go. All right. All right. Young man's going to walk you over there to the next door. Stay right there. They might want to take a few more pictures. That's good. <laughs> Stay right there. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. Uh, we're going to say the prayer now, and we're going to stand to our feet. You good? Make sure I ain't leave nothing now. <laughs> okay. Now, I did say, and I'm going to say it every night, I, there's a three prayers, but I didn't do the first one only because it said that God commanded us to light the candle. And I can't still, I cannot find it where that's what we should do. So you got to know certain things uh, when you're trying to relay the truth. The truth is I can't find it. So if I can't find it, I'm not going to do it. Amen? Amen? But if I find it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Amen? So... Still another thing, good intention. But is that what he said? Amen? And I'm not coming against anybody who, who do, do it. I'm just, this is my understanding. Peter, who do you say that I am? First thing he started saying, what everybody else said. No, who do you say that I am? That's what I want to be at right there. Amen? All right, we... Just a few minutes over, but we okay. Minister, and then y'all going to recite after me. Start at two and three. Barukata Adonai Eloheinu, Melecha Olam, Sha'asa Nisim, La'avotenu, Hayamim Hahem, Bazman Hazeh. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God. King of, the universe, King of the universe, who did miracles, did miracles. For, our for our forefathers in those days, in those days. and this season. season. Amen. Baruch Atah, Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, 
Shehecheyanu, Bikiyamanu, Bihigianu, Lazman Haze. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and brought us to this season. Amen. We're looking at these lights because of the miracles, the wonders, the salvations, and the battles which you performed for our forefathers in those days at this season. Throughout your holy priests, during all eight days of Hanukkah, these lights are holy. We're not using them for ordinary lights. Instead, we're looking at them in order to give thanks and praise to your great name, your miracles, your wonders, and your salvation. I would ask that you look upon the light, the light of the world that lights every man. And as we endeavor the rest of the week to find out the sacrifice that was made that we would honor the preservation of the word, the lives that were lost, the miracle that took place. And I love it, the salvations that are still happening today because of this man and his five sons and the act, what they would not bow their knee to. I just want to thank God that he allowed us to gaze upon in remembrance those lives so we could do this today. Amen? Glory to God. Shabbat shalom. Shalom. All right. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Tomorrow's Number three, day three. Shalom. Go in peace.